This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. I was built to serve him and the Featherfoot family. And once he passed on, I had no more family to serve. I got the ring of regeneration. While wearing this ring, you regain 1d6 hit points every 10 minutes. Awen pulls a, uh, a beaker out of the bag of holding. And we can't risk Mr. Bertram's blood getting lost in the wrong hands. Whose cricket is that? It's probably me. There's like 800 of them. So you come into this this main room and you see a large banquet table. Now you see just overhead this oval ornate stained glass like partition, just like a, a just a super sunroof. And then she changes into Lord Macbeth. How do I look? It's, it's just a blank piece of parchment. But it looks exactly like the other piece of parchment that you took from Chateau Deef. Blank until you found the right way to activate it. And in comes Malcolm and Lady Macbeth. And then her eyes furrow. Where is your ring? And then she sees you, Awen. Roll for initiative. Oh, yes! Seven. Yeah, seven as well. Ha! Okay, Damn. Wait, so <laughs> Those are shitty numbers. So Penny got a seven. Awen got a... Five. Five. I Gretchen also got, got a seven. Got a seven. Got it. 19 for Lady Macbeth, 16 for Malcolm. All right. Are you going to count it, Kate, where they still have maybe um, haste? Or is they that... still do have haste. What okay, is the duration cool. of this uh, spell? A, a, a minute, but oh I mean, no, they passed. don't have haste. Yeah, Fuck. it's been it's been longer than that a minute. Was fucking wasted. All right. Yeah, if it if it had been something like five minutes, I yeah. would have allowed it. But it has definitely been five. It's minutes. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been longer yeah. Than a minute. Okay. And whereas I like to allow a lot of things, that is one thing that yeah, for sure. Not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I th- I think too, Bertrand would realize this with a sinking heart. <laughs> like yeah, his buffer too, that he had cast earlier. Mm-hmm. All right, Lenny Macbeth is uh, going to uh, ready in action, and she first, you know, looks over her shoulder at Malcolm. What are you waiting for? We need their bags. We need to check why they were here, and if they were yet another group that was sent in by my pesky cousin. And uh, she immediately, like, just, she just ushers Malcolm forward, and you see just him, just, if he could flex anymore, he just, like, just the, these, these rippling muscles go, and you realize that this is, like, the air of a rage. And 
the the aura of crackling lightning energy seems to just rush in around him as if it's drawn in by the storm outside and even just he raises his he raises his arm reaches behind him and has this great axe that he throws to the sky and catches and at that very moment he just shouts and as the rage takes full fruition um a bolt of lightning crashes through the the ceiling and then combines with his great axe and you see that blue energy of that lightning also present in his eyes as if it's shooting out um so in in D&D this is called a path of the storm herald um but they they are able to encapsulate different elemental things and for him for his path it is uh specifically lightning and thunder and you said this lightning breaks through the right so if they're in that or near that element that they call on it will boost them whoa so it's so the 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 sunroof has shattered Mm -hmm. damn yeah so he's going to take a swipe and the three of you are within three feet of one another so he's going to take two swipes um the first swipe is going to go across and this is with this great axe um it's going to cut across to penny and awen so i'm going to roll against your ac 18 versus ac i think with my plus two it does well, but the haste is haste is haste is gone, gone. Haste yeah, is it no hits, longer it hits yeah it hits wop wop okay it's never good when the DM says "wah wah." Oh, no, <laughs> you're getting blasted. So that will be one d twelve plus four slashing damage. Six plus four, ten slashing damage. Cool, I got five HP at the moment. And then he's going to uh, slash it down on uh, against you, um, Bertram, for his extra attack. Hmm. That is a two versus AC. That does not hit. That does not hit. Okay. Um, I think for that, that will complete it. And so she was waiting for him to go. And as she, as she sees him hit um, and then miss against you, Bertram, um, she is going to have her hands outstretched and... Uh, cause like a gale, basically a gale of wind is going to whip um, at you, um, and it's going to try and basically rip the the satchel off of you. Um, so it's still going to go against your AC. Um, let's see if this hits. Okay, 16 versus AC. Yes, that hits. Okay. It does it, and you're able to hold on, so it's not going to take full effect, um, but what she, it does is it blows it open, and she is able to, let's roll perception real quick. 17 perceptions she is able to see inside the said parchment um it's Even peeking it's out tucked, just because of the, yeah, just book? because of it okay. with this roll she sees a bit of it and it is because well kind of behind the scenes there is an attunement to it um that mm. she has so she's able to see the fact that you have a bit of that magical parchment and just you see her face just twist in in what you recognize as rage um, and she shouts over to Malcolm, forget the other two, we just need, and she points at you, that one, and that will close her turn. Uh, Penny, you're up. Okay, um, 
Penny will turn back into Penny. So I think the clothes I imagined would still fit because she's not huge, but maybe like a cropped pant and shirt. Like, I think it just fits her a little funny, but she's still functional in it. Um, she is. Hmm, she's immediately going to basically d- tuck and roll um, to try to roll between Goliath's legs to attack him from behind. Is that doable in one turn? Yeah. She's going to try to attack him That's with it. both of her. She's got two daggers. So she's going to roll, pop up, and then try to stab him in both calves. Let's do it. All right. I, I'd say in this position, too, you're close enough to have to be able, you're not like running and diving and doing that. Yeah. Um, so you are able to roll between his legs. He's a, he's a freaking Goliath. Um, so you're able to easily go between his legs as well. But I rolled um, so a six. Versus Let's, AC? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't add, just literally it's the roll. There's nothing I add to it, right? So it's just six. Do you have an attack modifier for the daggers? Attack bonus. Ooh, I do actually. So 14. Okay, and you're going to roll twice. Seven. One for each dagger. I'm having you roll twice. One Great. for basically one for left hand, one for right hand. So one is 13. Ooh, and one is eight. I critted for that one, so. Okay. But I have a plus seven, so yeah. Okay. The, uh, one of them hits. Great. So. Yeah, so the one in your left hand definitely makes contact. Um, and is able to bear into his bear calf. Five damage. And will that end your turn? Um, I am able to use a bonus action in battle. So it's disengaged. Does that mean I'm like taking myself out of initiative? Does it mean I can just like jump back so I'm not in immediate swinging range? Right. You're, you're out of immediate swinging range. Right, you're not out of battle. So she does that and then she's going to spring back. I think she's going to leave one dagger in the leg. Um, actually, no, she'll take it. That's dumb. Why would she do that? She loses a dagger. She's going to spring back and disengage. So she's out of immediate axe distance, hopefully. Okay. You do that. You do Great. that very successfully. Thank you. And now it's Bertram's turn. I think as the rain is now like falling in this room mm-hmm. and the light he can just see and better hear the lightning above him, the glass is shattered around him. He knows that the most important thing is that they do not get this parchment that he has. And so he looks at Awen and Penelope and says, We need to run. We cannot fight her, and they cannot get this piece of the parchment. We have to go. I jump onto the table, and I jump in the air as high as I can, and then I cast Misty Stup on myself Hell to try yeah. and go to the top of the roof that's been opened up. And I want to try and be teetering on the top of this, like, ta- I'm not sure what's up there. Or how precarious it is, uh, but I'm d- that's the fastest way I can think to get out of here. I'm not trying to leave my friends high and dry, but they just, the, the most important thing is this, this paper, and now they're coming for me. So I just try and misty step myself out of there. Okay. You, you successfully do that. Is that ending your turn? It does after I do my wild magic surge. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, <laughs> can that you was imagine four- that? I know. That was a, that was a 14. <laughs> Um, okay. so I'm good. Seven? So yeah, now it's up to seven. Nice. Um, 
So now what, what happened, uh, Kate, where can you describe maybe on my turn where I'm at or what's up? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm up Yes. On top so or... this, the, you're on the second level. Um, and the, now on the, the third position... level. Well, no, that was the ceiling. So, I mean, you're on the roof. Uh, of the second for... level. Okay. Yeah. Of the second level. So you're, you're, the location of this would be as the villa is kind of like a football um, goalpost shape. And so, you know, you're at the very center of it. And so where you're on the top, then um, on top of that, you're able to look outward and see the front of the villa stretching forward. You see that same wagon where you had taken the clothes um, and the blankets and the apples from. Um, You see the road stretching beyond in the direction of Southwest. um, And you hear those those words of invitation and warning that Macduff had given to you less than an hour before. Okay, so I'm standing up there and I'm just looking down at my friends to see what they do, hoping that they, they run or can get out of there. Mm-hmm. Awen. Awen looks over at Penny. He just saw Bertram, uh, you know, double jump, basically. Hap- tap that A button twice to get out of there. <laughs> and he looks over at Penny and he says, Penny. Run now. He puts his hand into the bag of holding. And he pulls out a small vial. And he pops it open. He cuts part of his hand with his dagger. And he pours some of Bertram's blood onto his fist. He squeezes it. And then he drinks the rest and throws it onto the ground. And as he's holding his fist closed, he reaches out with his ringed hand and channels all of the magic power that he has Holy through shit. the ring towards the barbarian. Okay. <laughs> Fucking rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you hear, you, you, well, first you feel that like, crawling up your spine as if it's just the taloned grip that then comes at the base of of your skull and that familiar like caressing and holding and yet possessing way and you hear that triune voice again wanting to play so soon Awen. it's on like donkey kong missus I mean, just, just Miz would would be fine, but... I never really understood the triune thing. You're like one, but many, and three, I don't know. It's a mystery. Uh, (laughs) All right, make make a wisdom saving throw. 24. Okay, yeah, you... You hold on. You see like the edges of your your vision starting to black out and as if you're going under again to see one of those unfortunate visions. Um, but you you kind of strain and and focus, um, keeping your just eyes fixed on your quarry, on on that uh barbarian. And you still are going to take some psychic damage, but you would you would have resisted it. Um so you'll take half damage for this. So you're just taking two psychic damage for this but you see that those inky inky rivulets exit your ring and a look of shocked um 
recognition crosses Lady Macbeth's features, and she gasps out, No! No, not... That's why. And, and just a, a realization coming across, just this, this like dawning on her features. And before she can react any further, the three shapes coalesce into one large one and shoot out towards Malcolm and, and wrap around him in that same way that you notice with, with Macbeth. And they squeeze around him. Um, and immediately he drops to to the floor and is writhing and um the, it's just you know your first your first go at it and and this exhaustion that had been building up catches up with you and so you don't see a complete draining this time as you had at Gatsby's party um but you do see that vitality um leave him and the immediately he comes out of his rage and is struggling against it and so he's going to have to use his turn to break free of this hold and that will take us then to Lady Macbeth and and she turns towards him at first, um, but then immediately looks at you, looks at Bertram, looks at you, um, and growling in frustration, um, I guess I will deal with you later. And she rises up, and it's just she floats without a thought. She floats up <gasps> until she's up um, at your level, Bertram. Okay. <gasps> oh, no. Hi. I perhaps have lost someone tonight, but there's something bigger than that. Something you cannot hope to even understand. You think you're fighting for the right cause? I don't know what my cousin has told you, but I can tell you she is very misguided. Look behind you, and she gestures behind you, and you can see this field behind the villa just illuminates with lightning, just well-timed lightning. Gotta love how it dramatically happens sometimes. And row after row after row of mechanized suits bearing some of that armor that you had seen in Chateau d'If, holding weaponry. These mechanized soldiers with eyes glowing that sickly green that you had seen so many times as well through these different members of the the spotted hand and the magic that they wield. And then a blood red as well in the joints of their bodies. It's almost as if you're taken back to that second night um, of the three of you working together in Frankenstein's castle and that horrific realization that part of his work had carried on. Part of his work is still carrying on. How could one hope to even come against such a size of a force? This force is going to be mobilized. And you can see that promise in her eyes as you turn back towards her. Your best bet is to give up, give in. But then where would the fun in that be? And raising her hands, swirling, crackling energy, bounces around it until you see this sphere coalesce there and she pushes it towards you Bertram 17 versus AC yep that is 
it collides with your chest plate and you feel mm-hmm. a crunching and a grinding and all of a sudden just part bits and pieces that had been worked on by your friends you feel that burst out and some of it starts to leak out and you are pushed off and out into the main uh, pavilion of the villa and you crash down at two stories. This is KUOL, Cool Radio, 97 FM. Morning to you. This is Mike in the Morning on KUOL, Cool Radio, in your ears during drive time. Keep it cool, everyone, as we make our way to our little existential hamster wheels, huh? What's this, a phone call? We have a phone here? I thought that phone was about caller. What's up? Um, yeah, uh, dear leader thought I, I didn't deliver his, his message with, um, what, what, what did he say? Uh, intestinal fortitude. So he gave me this thing that makes my voice do stuff. Well, all right. KUOL is down with Dear Leader, and KUOL Cool Radio is all about it. Play it on us, weak little man. Yeah, um, okay. Here goes. French, Hogwarts, Countryman, Hey guys, it's me, Kate, your master teacher, and what you just heard was actually a Patreon-exclusive reward where you, our listeners, can be heard here uh, with our friends half Orcs Countrymen (laughs) and do it any which way that your creative minds allow you to. So, very, very special shout-out to uh, Nathan who did that, and we would love to hear you guys as well. Uh, come join us at the Oh Man Man Fam. You can click on the link to join our Patreon uh, where we can give you bonus content like that, behind the scenes, bonus episodes, early releases, even First Chapter Friday readings, which can really maybe introduce you to your next favorite story. Uh, so we would love to hear from you also on social media. You can find us on multiple platforms with the handle at Omamam Show. I hope you guys are enjoying the finale to Macbeth. I sure am. This is this is some nail-biting moments. So hang in for the ride, you guys. It's only going to get crazier. With that, let's get back to the show. You're going to take 28 damage, (gasps) bludgeoning, and then you're going to take 8 damage lightning. I am way far gone, passed out, and destroyed and writhing. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not even writhing anymore. At this point, too. Um, uh, you're right. Writhing would mean I would have some kind of co- coherence. I am just steaming, a steaming pile of bolts. 
Yeah. Um, and the, the, the pack is below you at your back. Um, Penny, Awen, you see this blast happen. You don't see him, you don't see him, um, I guess you could say land, but the coast is clear. Lady Macbeth is up there. Malcolm is still writhing and fighting on the ground, and I'm going to do a save for him. Okay, real quick. That's three. Nope, does not save, so he's still, and it crunches into him more, so he's taking more damage. So he is bloodied now. What do you do? Penny, you're next up. So Penny was in between basically Malcolm and the door. Like she went through his legs. He was in between them and the door. So now she is close to the door. Mm -hmm. Penny is going to bolt out of the room, down the stairs, and then out into the courtyard pavilion area. Because he's like on the ground, right? Like all the way down ground level. Mm -hmm. She's going to like truly truck it all the way out there. Like slides when she gets next to him. Um, and just sees like Bertram absolutely smashed, like horrifying, right? Because he's always so put together, so like, uh, just like even like in how frustrating he is, so graceful, so poised. And obviously, that is not how he is right now. And it just strikes Penny with horror. She keeps her mind and she takes the ring of regeneration and she puts it on one of his fingers. It doesn't work. Shit. Okay. You see, you see it start to fizzle and start to you like, you know, kind of like this, this wave of what you can understand is arcane energy start to travel up his hands. But then once it reaches that, now you understand core part, it fizzles and then goes back down and goes dormant. Shit. Okay. Um, Penny is like not at a loss in the sense that I'm going to keep thinking, but Penny is just like stunned. Like she felt confident. She felt Penny and Kimmy felt confident that this was going to work. <laughs> um, and he's big, so I can't drag him. Penny has no choice. Penny Do just a perception check for me. So Penny is like panicking and like shaking him, like grabbing him at his like shoulders, trying to shake him to be like, Bertram, you need to wake up. We have to get out of here. You see out of the corner of your eye another one of those uh, wagons similar to the one where you had found the, the apples and the blankets. Um, and it's just a blank wagon, a simple tarp draped over the back, and a single horse is tied to it. Penny immediately just like comes behind Bertram, like loops her arms under his like shoulders and arms and starts dragging him towards the wagon. All right, we'll pause there as you're doing it. Do a strength check for me and then we will resolve this when I come around. All right, 14. All right, we'll resolve that next. Bertram, can you do a death save for me? Oh. A two. Okay. So you can mark one failure. And with that, too, uh, what, what is something, what's, what's a memory that might appear in his mind's eye? He is in complete darkness. There's darkness all around him, and he hears scurrying of creatures all around him hiding in the darkness. And with his trembling hands, 
he is lighting matches that he's holding. And all he sees is blood and oil at his feet for half a second before the match dies again as he continues moving forward through the darkness. And we come back to Awen. So you said that there were a bunch of like alive, like, uh, like fey mech suits. Yes, but you would not have seen this. Okay, okay. Uh, I just saw Bertrand. They are they are dormant. Okay. So there there is arcane energy that was buzzing in them, but they are not mobilizing. They are not moving. They are dormant. Real, real, real quick, just so I can, ha- just so I have the right understanding from what Bertram saw and for the audience too. Were you saying that the dead bodies that Frankenstein was gathering are there wearing the armor? And, and and equipped with the armor that was being made at Monte Cristo prison? It reminds you of that. Okay, okay. It's not exact. It seems as if somebody else was able to carry on the work that he began gotcha. or something else. Uh, but there are too many for you to think that it was all the same dead bodies. Uh, right. th- there were row on row to, to an extent where it was alarming to you. Okay. But Awen and Penny did not see any right. of this. Mm-hmm. You're looking back and forth, uh, Awen, between the, the, just the struggling form of this barbarian and the open door that has just crashed open as, as Penny just ra- rushed after your friend. Um, and you can glimpse, just as the door swings open and closed, you can s- just glimpse her struggling out the front doors um, to, to lift him and drag him. And you, you see him just completely darkened. The, the eyes are darkened. There's smoke coming out of his breastplate. Um, and his form is supremely mangled. And you hear, once again, the sisters in your head. Eowyn, who aren't you? Rather stay in play. Wouldn't you rather prove how powerful you can be? Forget your friends. Wouldn't you rather fight? As he hears forget about your friends, Awen thinks back to the first night they met in the tavern and sneaking into Frankenstein's castle and the big slide that they went down. He looks over at Bertram with the smoke kind of coming out of his eyes. And he looks back to the ring and the, and the shadow kind of extending from it and thinks about the boat um, and, and Herman and, and all and Moby Dick and uh, becoming hooded for the green hoods. And he's drawn to this power. He wants to be powerful. He wants to be useful. He looks over at Bertram smoking. Real quick, you, you're you're still in the other room. Like I'm outside. I don't think you can see. Bertram. She said there was like a glance. Down. It's a straight shot down. So oh, from this room see through the open door. Oh. It's a second floor main staircase. That. Open Sorry. doors. Yeah. Sorry, lots of details. I'm glad you caught that. I thought I was just other side of the house. You couldn't see me. No, Sorry. no, 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 no. Sorry. No, you're in the front drive. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. And he sees. I think he sees Penny, and in that moment. Something clicks. And he says, Don't you worry, we're going to play another day. And he runs out the door. 
towards uh, Bertram and towards Penny. And he's going to help his friends get up on that wagon. So I run out and I assist Penny, dragging Bertram. And I say, Penny, what are we doing? Penny is like already so out of breath because she is weak. And she's like, we're trying. There's a wagon, a horse. He's not waking up. Ringing for generation. No good. We got to the wagon. Help, help. And is just like tugging and tugging and tugging and trying to get him closer. And it's yep. inching along. So I run over and I pull, I pull on Bertram trying to get him to the wagon. As you're pulling him, you do notice um, with your practiced eye too, you know, part of that, that front breastplate has come askew. and the machinery itself it's broken it's not it's not just the fact that he's hurt or that there's damage or he's lost too much hp it's also the fact that there is something wrong with the mechanisms there's something wrong with that beautiful mix that you admire about him of magic and machinery um and it's it's not something that a quick fix can handle you need to get to somewhere where you can work on it more you need to get out of there and these thoughts are rushing through your head as then you hear that triune voice say, All right, Awen. You know, you're turning out to be so much more enticing than she is. We'll give you this one boost after all we've taken from you so far. Consider it a down payment. And the, the, just this rush of, of dark, crackling energy just bursts out of your ring once more and heads up towards where you see the floating form of Lady Macbeth, and it surrounds her and pushes her down um, back into the villa, giving you a moment to begin. That's right. Fuck around and find out, Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> as, soon as, she, as soon as I hear like a... Like a thump of a body. I, you know, we're pushing him into the cart fucking, yeehaw, come on now. Get on out of here. You do that, you know, and as you, you head towards the, down the winding road, um, you would, who, who of you has the, the, send, the stone basically telling you the coordinates? Who, who of you has the coordinate stone? Um, so Penny, you, you take it out of, your pocket where you're holding it and you check to see which current coordinates there are. Um, and it's just, it's, you see just the, the numbers and the figures kind of floating around, not taking a shape as if it keeps trying to reload a new location and it refuses to. Come on. Come on. Um, uh, roll a history check for me. Penny keeps shaking it like it's a, what are the, those magic, totally eight, magic ball eight ball that just won't land? <laughs> uh, she got a five. With that, with a five, you do have a quick just glimpse in it, and it's a very fuzzy memory, uh, but it is Marion pulling you to the side, and she's telling you, now, remember, Penny, you get one of these. I, I have a feeling you're going to forget this, but you get one of these. And part of that magical NDA is that this will not work if it's in enemy territory. You need to get out of the te- enemy territory. And you need to, and that's all you remember. 
All right, Penny. Penny looks over her shoulder to where Awen is. She's like, "We have to get fast. We have to get out of here. We cannot get back. We can't. We have to get out of here now. We can't get back to the island until we are away from Lady Macbeth. We have to go." Awen looks over to Penny and says, "Hold my beer," and he gives her the reins, and then he hops onto the horse that is pulling the wagon and okay. uh like ties part ties a rope to part of the bridle that the horse mm-hmm. is wearing and then he jumps into the air while they're riding and turns into a draft horse so that they can go faster oh, i love this awesome <laughs> great idea and so, Penny, you, you hold on to these reins and, and you see your friends in, in front of you just pulling along, working alongside, just turning into a draft horse, really, which is amazing to see. Part of you almost, almost loses track. You're like, oh, um, but then you remember, oh, yeah, uh, got to stay on track. And behind you is your non-responsive friend who is continuing to leak out uh, some of that oil. And luckily, none of that blood oil that you had seen, but still the oil that, that makes him work, that makes him function, and no response there. And you head southwest. Bertram, your eyes shudder open to see a long, ornate hall bedecked in the dark strings of beads, wheat, and feathers, associated with the celebration of Raven's Week. In your hands is a tray with flutes of champagne. You pause to brush a stray piece of lint off your pressed and starched black festive servant's regalia, balancing the tray in one arm with practiced ease, before continuing your journey to a final room. As you quietly open the door, a man is in the middle of telling a story to his gathered guests. His pale gray eyes shine and twinkle, and his usually pale face is flushed and animated. The fire burns brightly, and the soft radiance of the incandescent lights on the silver sconces catches the bubbles that flash and pass in the glasses on your tray. Each of the guests sits in a plush chair, and there is that luxurious after-dinner atmosphere when thought runs gracefully free of the trammels of precision. Ah! Come in, we would be glad of your well-timed refreshments. As the host waves his hand for you to enter, you nod your head in deference to your master, Lord Featherfoot. You travel the room and hand each guest a drink. The room is cozy with the six of you. The mayor, the doctor, the psychologist, the inventor, the shoemaker, and now you. The Time Machine. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hey Dad, I've got a question for you and it makes me really frustrated. Mikey, the stars are wrong. We jumped two and a half times farther than we were supposed to. He's not a robot, right? He's an AI. They used you, yes, but they used me worse. I want to go home. How many minutes are in a while? 
Ask Your Father is available anywhere you get podcasts. Find out more at gideonmedia.com.